I wanted to start today's podcast off with an affirmation. I just wanted to tell you that you're wanted and no matter what you're going through, you are a wonderful person and you deserve the best in life. These bumps in the road are just bumps. We all go through it and you deserve something amazing. That's for whoever needs to hear it. We all get down sometimes. And, you know, it's a hard balance. You struggle and you fight to figure out what to do for somebody who's going through it, had some bad luck. You know, shit happens in life. And it's understandable. And when you care about somebody, you want to be there for them. And unfortunately, sometimes we all can take a very selfish perspective to this as far as wanting to be there for somebody, wanting to make them feel better. And the reality is, just like being able to describe how you feel when you're depressed... It isn't that easy to make somebody feel better. You really just need to let them go through it. Feel the feelings that they feel, whether they're disappointment, anger, sadness. When something bad happens, essentially we can go through a grieving process. And when you see your friend going through that, all you want to do is just wrap your arms around them and hug them and tell them everything's going to be okay and make them believe it. In a perfect world, that's all it would take. It's not a perfect world and everybody knows that. Sometimes what's needed is space. Guys, it's possible to just say to somebody, Hey, look, I'm thinking about you. I care about you. And if you need anything, if I can help in any way, just let me know. And then you've told them. They understand. They know it comes from a caring place. And then you need to just move on. Stop telling them. Stop offering. And just be there in case they decide that they want to take you up on that offer. It's the offer that means more than anything. It really is. Will you be taken up on that? I don't know. And most of the time we probably aren't because people really just need to move through life how they need to move through life. Whether it's to be left alone, to be out socializing or to isolate. It's however that person deals with it. Believe me, I am the pushiest of people sometimes when it comes to that just because It pains me to see somebody I care about hurting. And this is something that I'm doing too because I tend to over-sympathize, if that's even a word. It probably is. I'll have to look it up and let you know. But I over-sympathize and I so desperately want to take away the hurt and the pain and just get them smiling again, happy and enjoying 
life and enjoying all the things that life has to offer. How we deal with all the shit life throws at us, and it is shit, is all different. And you can only offer so many times before that anger turns to you and be like, oh my God, yeah, you fucking told me. Stop being a pain in the ass. We don't want that. You never want to be a pain in the ass. You want to make sure that the delicate balance is reached. It's all you can do. It's kind of my little opening of the show. And we're going to talk about a few different things, mainly sympathy and my favorite thing, empathy. I try to be the most empathetic person on the planet. I know how it feels to be frustrated and to try to get what you're feeling out, get that emotion out, and then being in your head feeling like you're stuck. You wake up in the morning, you grab your coffee, of course from Bones, because Bones has the best coffee, and you want to go to bones.com to experience everything that they have to offer, whether it's whole bean, ground bean, flavors, extra caffeinated, that high voltage for that extra kick of caffeine, you want to go to my friends at Bones and order yourself some, so it makes your morning a little less dreadful. Bones.com for the best coffee your lips have ever tasted. You try to make your morning start off right, and when it starts off shitty, we get that shitty mood going, and last thing you need is somebody to be like, hey, can I help? Oh, no? Okay, cool. I'm here for you. Perfect. And then two hours later, it's like, but can I help? I really hate that you're hurting. I don't like you going through this. So what can I do to be there for you? And again, I've been guilty of it because now you've just turned yourself into the annoying person in the room. It is possible to overextend yourself. And you don't want to do that. The last thing somebody who's upset or irritated needs is somebody intrusive. It's not a good look. Finding balance is what you need to do. You can't be the bright bright sun to somebody who just wants to kind of get through their day and be left alone and handle whatever it is they're handling. It's tough. And when we overextend, it's a selfish place that it comes from because you want to be like, hey, I I helped. I helped. Not in a boasting way but it definitely feeds the ego and it's something you have to steer clear of the reason why i'm saying this is because very recently i had somebody in my life who was going through it with their sister and i just felt for him so much i felt for him i 
just wanted to give him a big hug and tell him that everything was going to be okay. And I just couldn't. Not that I couldn't. I could have. But I decided to lay back. And I think it was most likely the best thing to let him go through whatever it was he needed to. And he's doing a little bit better now, which is good. But it got me thinking, how many times do we do this? And the flip side is the people who you thought would offer, I never do. I did have this one friend who would say, it's almost like a party invitation. You offer to help somebody knowing that they won't accept that offer. It's like a party invitation. It's a great opportunity to make it seem like you care and just cross your fingers that they're never going to ask you. And that's so shitty. I would never offer help to somebody and pray that they aren't going to ask me or call on that help. I just never would. Like the party invitation that there's this person you don't really want to invite, but it will look bad if you don't. And you're going to send that invitation knowing there's probably a 95% chance they're not going to come, but you look like the good person sending it. So you do it and you just cross your fingers being like, God, I hope this fucking asshole don't come. And then you just are done with it. Just done. That's a shitty thing to do. It's really fucked up. So if you're going to offer to help, don't make it be the party invitation to the person you actually don't want at the party, but you're going to send it just to make yourself look like the good guy. Don't offer at all. If they call your bluff, or even not your bluff, they sincerely think that you genuinely wanted to help, now you're the asshole. And hopefully you do help. Because it'd be shitty if you didn't. It's kind of what I wanted to say. Just push the button and go random about something that was just on my mind. Nothing extraordinarily sexy about it. It all doesn't have to be. I mean, that's what Pamela After Dark is for. And I will have that podcast up in a couple weeks, sponsored by Pink Cherry, to tell you exactly how a toothbrush can help you with oral sex. Mm, You don't understand, guys. You don't. You don't understand that gag reflex sometimes. I'm telling you. The toothbrush helps. It's a trick that I had come across, asked a few people about it. I did experiments about this, so it's going to be a very interesting conversation. But you want to tune into Pamela After Dark, sponsored by Pink Cherry, which is an extension of the Pamela Michelle show. I love doing the After Darks, and they're always fun to do. I get to be a little bit more... I don't know, X-rated, graphic, whatever you want to call it, and explore different topics that I really, I shouldn't say can't touch on here. I can say whatever the fuck I want here, but this is more um, relationshipy and not 
that I don't get into relationships with Pamela after dark because there are so many different variables of sexual relationships, boundaries and embarrassment and pushing yourself, making things interesting, making things spicy, but being comfortable within yourself. That's all a different extension of Pamela after dark. Here, it's more about emotion, questions, relationships, relationship goals, dating, my life that is just a clusterfuck of, oh my god, what the fuck is she thinking sometimes? (laughs) Or even, not even what the fuck is she thinking, but (sighs) why is this girl so sweet? And I get that a lot too. Why is this girl so sweet? It gets me very little. I wish I was bitchier. It's always my resolution every year is to be a friggin' cunt at the beginning of the year. And then it just never happens. I almost need bitch classes. I can get there. But if I've gotten there because of you... It's a thousand percent. You fucking deserved it. Totally deserved it. I can't hide it. Can't hide the emotion. And you think you think you are absolutely a hundred percent in the right, in the wrong, whatever. My goal is to be a bitch every year. <laughs> and it never fucking happens. And every year I come to the realization, I don't know, maybe at the end of January, sometimes the end of February, definitely before my birthday in March, it's just not how I'm built. It's not. I I need a bitch class. Maybe that will be something that I'll create on my own, like bitch 101. I have dirty rules, you know, I have the bad girl rules, because being naughty is just the most fun and empowering thing you can do as a woman. And I will debate anybody on that. Anybody who says that that is not empowering to be a dirty little naughty slut, then you have no fucking idea what you're talking about. And that is something I will take passionately, <laughs> passionately to a debate stage. I will fight for that. That will be a hill I will die on is to be a dirty, naughty slut is empowering. That can be a different podcast. (laughs) You know, everything, when you look at it, looks good from a distance. A lot of things look good from a distance. Very few things, once you get close, look the same. And then if they do... You grab them and hold on to them. That's me. That's how sweet I am. I am so sweet, it questions people if I'm for real. So from a distance, I look like it's just impossible. Like there's no way it's real. And then when you get up close and you get to know me, and then you realize... It really kind of is. Don't question it. 
But when the new year rolls around and I just start talking about how I want to be a bitch, just let me vent and let it go. Like everything else, that too will pass. The last closing moments of the show, I wanted to say thanks to everybody who tweeted at me, who sent me messages on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat about their favorite perfumes and colognes. Some of them actually surprised me. They did. Some of them actually surprised me. The one for the guys that came in at number one is Aqua de Jo by Giorgio Armani. And yes, yes, I feel that because every time a guy wears that, I am just like butter. I love that scent. It's so clean and fresh and smells so freaking good. I love the Giorgio Armani Aqua de Geo and it is the most... Mm. I, I can see why a lot of guys wear it and why it came in at number one. We did have some people really swearing by the Axe body spray. Low key, that is what people wore. It's what my ex wore. So he wasn't really a cologne type of guy. I always wanted to buy him something really nice. There's a few things that I like by Dolce & Gabbana for men. Um, Just sad that I could never buy him any kind of cologne that I liked. Armani Code actually smells really good too. Hugo Boss smells good. That's an old, old throwback, but it smells amazing. CK1, the unisex cologne is fresh, clean, and by Calvin Klein. I love that. That's one of my favorites that I used to wear quite a bit. Still kind of do when I, you know, when the mood strikes me. I have a bureau that can look like Macy's perfume counter and I've been getting re-obsessed with my perfume introductions. My latest obsessions are YSL Libre. I die every time I smell that because it is so amazing. You smell rich. You smell like money, money, money. It's just the most desirable fragrance and with my body chemistry it works like clockwork I have a good body chemistry where I can wear nearly anything and it smells good on me so I'm blessed that way my other obsession that you guys have to go get especially if you like coconut is Dolce & Gabbana the only one intense wow chef's kiss it is fire 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 I love coconut smells. I like vanilla. I like everything about this perfume. Guys, seriously, you want to get some points with your girl. Go get the Dolce & Gabbana Intense, the only one. She's going to love you for it. We got some um, body fantasy sprays too, which was really cool. And you don't think that the Fantasia like body fantasy sprays women actually gravitate to and they do so ladies thank you so much for representing that before I go I'm gonna leave you with my fragrance that I get the most compliments on I told you it may low-key shock you and that is Ed Hardy Ed Hardy 
Love Kills Slowly, the pink bottle. Every time I wear it, I get compliments all the time. It's a fragrance that you might not really associate with being sexy or being just an amazing fragrance, but it is. I love it. It is right now until I start wearing YSL Libre because, you know, mm, yes, 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 yes. And I'm not even going to do my one Harry Met Sally imitation of Meg Ryan screaming yes, but this is how I feel about YSL Libre. So it's on my wish list. If anybody really feels like they want to spoil me, go do that right now. <laughs> YSL Libre Intense. Oh my God. Go get it. Wish list. Guys, I love you. But the Ed Hardy is definitely my my most complimented scent, even though I have quite a few on my bureau. Viva La Juicy. I have BCBG, uh, Versace, Eros, all of those. I have a ton of them. Ed Hardy still gets me the most compliments. So who knew? <laughs> Thank you guys so much for following me on this I mean I saw this memory pop up today about one of the first awards I won in 2014 it's really when I started out it's wild to think that I've been doing this radio thing for almost 10 years now and I'm so glad that you guys have stuck with me you know when I said to myself I was 26 years old and didn't really know what I wanted to do and I thought this would be fun. I woke up and said, I want to do radio. I did. A couple months later, I was on WEEI, and people just were like, where the fuck did this girl come from? Talking about how my favorite thing about the New York Giants was that I liked a really good D. <laughs> a really good D double entendres innuendos your girl's got it almost 10 years and I almost cracked the code once with sports x michelle where it was gonna blow up and we were going to be it the pandemic happened and you guys know the story and this is where this was born from on the next podcast, I'm not going to give you the whole journey of my life because you guys have followed me. You know it. But maybe just a little bit of a synopsis as to why this has become so important, why people are really paying attention and flocking towards it and people just want to be a part of it. And I can't thank you guys enough. From a 2014 online media award to now and whatever else is in store for the future I just want to say a deep thank you to everybody I love you guys follow me on Facebook Pamela Michelle 03 I don't know what my Snapchat is because I suck and I don't remember it I do tweet it out sometimes on Twitter if I'm ever on there at Sporty Diva and of course my Instagram Pamela underscore Michelle 5 until next time take care and Never be afraid to ever offer help, but no one to leave somebody alone.